الحمد لله الحمد لله استماما لنعمته واستسلاما لعزته استعين من نقصي إلى كفايته وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما I bear witness that there is no God but Allah deserving of all thanks and all praise and that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his messenger and his prophet. Want to inshallah continue the conversation we began last month talking about the shaitan. My contention and thesis at that time was that we are not paying enough attention to the shaitan. That the Quran is telling us very explicitly for example, on Surah Fatir, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الشيطان لكم عدو فاتخذوه عدوا إنما يدعو حزبه ليكونوا من أصحاب السعير That Satan is your enemy, so take him as such. Verily, he is calling his host to be the people of the hellfire. And we started asking then, what does it mean to take him as our enemy? The Quran is telling us, he is your enemy, treat him as such. We said, we want to take him seriously. So, we began with a psychological profile, last khutbah of the shaitan. His main characteristics, as spelled out in the Quran, and among those we talked about, for example, his arrogance, his loss of hope, the fact that he is unjust, and so on and so forth. We went through a list of his characteristics to form a psychological profile and we said that would be the beginning point to avoid becoming like him. And now we want to begin the long process that can't fit in one khutbah of looking at his strategy, at his tactics, at his strengths, at his weaknesses or what would be our strengths against him and so on because that's what we would do if we really are faced with a genuine enemy that we want to beat. So to begin with, let's take a very high-level look at strategy. The shaitan wants to beat us. How is he planning to do that? Let me personalize it about me. How is the shaitan planning to beat me? Well, I figure the easiest way, I think about it like a boxing match. He has two approaches. Number one, go for the knockout. Those of you who watch boxing or know about boxing, one way you can win a boxing match, you knock out your opponent. What do I mean by the knockout? Well, let me give an example. Let's look at Surah Al-Furqan. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والذين لا يدعون مع الله إلها آخر ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق ولا يزنون وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَٰلِكَ يَلْقَ أَثَامَا يُضَاعَفْ لَهُ الْعَذَابُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَيَخْلُدْ فِيهِ مُهَانًا This is talking about the believers. And it's saying those who do not worship any gods other than Allah. So the sin of shirk, they avoid that. وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And they do not take human life which God has willed to be sacred other than for a truly just cause. And they do not commit fornication or adultery. 
And then the verse goes on to say, And know that whoever commits those, he will meet with a grievous result. He will have his suffering doubled on the day of judgment, and he will dwell there eternally in shame. Boom. Knockout. You're done. Now, if by God's grace we avoid the knockout, he finds he's not going to beat me on a knockout. What's he going to do? Well, he's going to try to win on points. Right? That's what you do in a boxing match. If you can't knock your opponent out, you win on points. One point, small point, small punch, small punch after the other. Let us look at the Prophet's farewell khutbah in his farewell pilgrimage. What he said is... أيها الناس إن الشيطان قد يأس أن يعبد في أرضكم هذه أبدا that people know that the shaitan has given up hope that he will be worshipped in this land of yours forever nobody is going to take the shaitan as his wali instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ولكنه إن يطع فيما سوى ذلك فقد رضي به مما تحقرون من أعمالكم فاحضروه على دينكم but if he will be obeyed in what is less than this, he will be content with that. From the small deeds that you discount, that you think don't matter. So be careful of him for your religion. So these are the small points. That's how he will win on points. The things that I think and you think don't make a big difference. A lie here, a backbiting there, a glance there, etc., etc., and he will then take the match on points. So, when I think about the shaitan against me, that's how I think about it: is he's going to try to go for the knockout. If he can't get the knockout, he's going to go for the points, and that's the big, high-level look at the match. Now, before going on to talk about the strategy and the tactics, I want to make sure to stress this point. Because let's say someone has committed one of these major sins that I just said is a knockout. Well, it's a knockout if we die with it. But we have to remember and be clear, and I don't want anyone walking out of the khutbah feeling hopeless, that just like in the movies, sometimes you think that the person is knocked out and the ref is going for the count and all of a sudden he gets back up to win the fight. How does that happen? Because the next verse is immediately in Surah Al-Furqan that said that the person would dwell in there forever, doubled with the punishment in shame and in humiliation. إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدُّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيبًا Except those who repent and attain to faith and do righteous deeds. For them, God will transform their bad deeds into good ones. And God is truly the most forgiving, the dispenser of grace. And so even if you think you've taken a knockout punch, get up. And this is how we get up and win the fight. And God knows best, inshallah.
So now, let's begin looking at his tactics. How's he going to either go for the knockout or try to win on points? Well, number one, the easiest and most straightforward, what we know about the shaitan, he's going to try to whisper to us, entice us. Right? And that's what we always experience or think of the shaitan as, that he's going to whisper. In this khutbah, inshallah, next khutbah of God wills, we will see that he has many more strategies than this, but let's first look at this direct strategy. So, for example, we see that's how Adam, alayhi salam, was, was trapped. فَوَسْوَسَ إِلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانُ قَالَ يَا آدَمُ هَلْ أَدُلُّكَ عَلَى شَجَرَةِ الْخُلْدِ وَمُلْكٍ لَا يَبْلَى So Satan whispered to him. And just think of how the words sound. وَسْوَسَ إِلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانُ So Satan whispered to him saying, Adam, I will lead you to the tree of life eternal and to a kingdom that will never decay. Again in Surah Al-A'raf, describing how the shaytan got Adam and his wife to sin, فَوَسْوَسَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ لِيُبْدِيَ لَهُمَا مَا وُورِيَ عَنْهُمَا مِنْ سَوْآتِهِمَا So Satan whispered to them with a view to making them conscious of their nakedness of which they had been unaware, to strip away that which had covered them. And of course on Surah An-Nas, مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ From the evil of the whispering elusive tempter. The one who whispers into the hearts of men. So, the subtle whispering, the enticement, the temptation. Oh, go ahead, do it, do it, do it. It's no problem, do it. It'll feel so good, it'll be so nice, don't worry about it. Now, if the whispering doesn't work, a more forceful direct approach. He will push you. He will order you. Surah An-Nur, the Quran is telling us, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَمَنْ يَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَإِنَّهُ يَأْمُرُ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ That, O you who believe, do not follow the footsteps of the shaytan, for whoever follows the shaytan's footsteps, verily he enjoins shameful deeds and sins that run counter to goodness and to reason. He will push on you then and order you. Now, those are what I consider the direct approaches. What we typically think of when we think of the shaitan, that he will either whisper or try to push harder. But he has many more strategies. But before going into those, let's take a look at the advantages he has in implementing these strategies. Advantage number one, and I'm just going to recite the second half of a verse from Surah Al-A'raf, verse 27. That he and his kin see you from where you do not see them. Imagine that boxing match again, but imagine now that my opponent, the shaitan, sees me, but I can't see him. That's a huge advantage for him in the fight. 
What does it mean, he sees me but I don't see him? God knows best, of course, what the verse means. What I imagine it means is he knows my weaknesses. He knows my temptations. He knows where he can come at me and where I'll be resistant. Maybe it won't be a good idea for him to come to me and say, oh, forget about prayer. But maybe he can come at me with something else, some other temptation, some other enticement, this, that, or the other. And what works for me may not work for you, but it'll work for him. And so for each person, he sees about us what we do not see about him. And another advantage that he has, again on Surah Al-A'raf, talking about the shaitan, he is now saying, he is speaking, and he says, ثُمَّ لَآتِيَنَّهُمْ مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَعَنْ أَيْمَانِهِمْ وَعَنْ شَمَائِلِهِمْ وَلَا تَجِدُ أَكْثَرَهُمْ شَاكِرِينَ So he's talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After he, he is saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَالَ فَبِمَا أَغْوَيْتَنِي لَأَقْوَدَنَّ لَهُمْ صِرَاطَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ With how you have thwarted me, I will lie in ambush for them along the straight way. So we're trying to walk the straight way, and he's there waiting to ambush us. And then he says that I will come at them from their right, from behind them, from, I will come at them from in front of them, from behind them, from their right, from their left. And surely you will find that most of them are ungrateful. Now, Muhammad Asad's translation of this verse is very interesting. Says, that I will come at them openly. From behind them, in a manner beyond their ken, in a way they don't see. And from their right and from their left. So Muhammad Asad's translation is saying that first he's going to try that direct attack right from in front of you what we talked about, whispering or ordering, but then in manners that we may not expect or anticipate, and from their right and from their left, meaning from all sides, and meaning with all methods. Not just the direct method, but a lot of other indirect methods. And I also think of this verse, that it's not just that he's going to come at me with this method and that method and that method, something direct and obvious that, oh, it's the shaitan whispering to me, and then something that I may not see or anticipate. But I also think about it in terms of time. We as human beings are programmed to respond to one thing at a time. So for example, if I give you a, a multiplication problem to do in your head and carry on a conversation with you at the same time, you can't do it. Right? Or you can't do two different multiplication problems in your head at exactly the same time. But the shaitan isn't saying, first I'm going to come at them from in front, then from in back. No, it's all simultaneous. So imagine somebody hitting me from the front and the back and the right and the left all at the same time. So I may be able to stop one attack, but if I'm getting attacked from four or five or six sides simultaneously, I'm having a temptation being enticed here. Then I'm having some issue at work. Then I have a problem at home with my spouse. And then I have some issue with the kids. And then something with money. And then something with health. And 
Okay, then I'm going to crack somewhere, and that's all he needs. And so the attack will often be multifaceted, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength and give us the faculties to understand and to persevere. Udu Allah. Alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah. Now we're ready to start looking at some of these indirect methods, some of these other tactics that he has. So he whispers to me, I say, Astaghfirullah, no. Orders me, no, I'm not going to listen to you. Then, okay, other ways to trap me. Maybe make me arrogant, right? And we know that that's one of his signatures that we talked about last khutbah. We see that signature when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks him to bow to Adam. says, No, I'm better than him. You made me from fire and you made him from mud. So, I think I'm doing great because he tried to entice me to this and entice me to that and order me this. I said, no, no, no. And then I start feeling so good about myself that look at how faithful I am and I'm better than this guy and this guy and this guy. Boom. Points for the shaitan, right? The indirect method. Let's say I may be immune to that or maybe not immune. He'll attack me with that. I fall here. He'll trip me again with something else. Fear and anxiety. Try to scare me. Fear, we have so many fears. Fears of poverty, fears of sickness, fears of embarrassment, fears of not being accepted, especially for our young people. That's what peer pressure is all about. It's an exercise in inducing fear. And so we see the Quran is telling us in Surah Al-Baqarah, الشيطان يعيدكم الفقر ويأمركم بالفحشاء والله يعيدكم مغفرة منه وفضلا والله واسع عليم that Satan threatens you, he scares you with the prospect of poverty, and he bids you then to commit sins, whereas God promises you his forgiveness and his bounty, and God is infinite all-knowing. And we see also in Surah Al-Imran, إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ and this is but Satan who is instilling in you fear of his allies. So fear them not, but fear me if you are truly believers. And so for our young people, his allies are going to be the ones telling you, just do it. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, come with us, have fun, get high, have your girlfriend, have your boyfriend. And you are afraid of the repercussions of standing up and saying, no, I will not do this. That is the shaitan using fear against you. Or any of us afraid to stand up for what is right or to pray when it's prayer time or to say at work that I'm fasting or to whatever the case may be, that is the tactic of fear. And I'll cover one last tactic in this khutbah, inshallah. And then we'll try to pick it up next time we talk about the shaitan. But this is a particularly important tactic. 
and that is the tactic of rationalization. Let's say, Alhamdulillah, I'm good in my faith and I can't be whispered to and I can't be ordered and I can't be bullied and I can't be made to feel afraid and I can't be, then maybe his tactic with me will be rationalized. That, yeah, no, this is not really a problem. This is perfectly okay. And where do we see an example of this? Well, we see it in Surah Al-Baqarah in the Quran concerning those who try to rationalize the issue of riba or usury. And the Quran is telling us about them. That those who gorge themselves on usury behave as he might behave whom Satan has confounded with his touch. Right? He confounded him. He fooled him. For they say, buying and selling is just like usury. So they rationalize usury. They rationalize riba. That, well, here I sold him you know, my, my car and I got uh, the money. How about if I let him use my money and I'll get extra money for that as well? Or I lent him my car or I, I rented him my car. I'm going to rent him my $100 bill. And that's the same thing. Well, it's, that is rationalization. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pointing out to us. They say that buying and selling is like riba. But God has made buying and selling halal, but riba is haram. And so you can imagine how in so many ways in our life we can rationalize something and make it seem okay to ourselves when we know deep down that it really is not okay, but we just rationalize. That, oh, well, this is okay. Oh, this is important. Oh, this is no big deal. Oh, well, this isn't really haram because of X, Y, or Z. And now, this is the tactic of rationalization. And if God wills, inshallah, we will pick it up from here next time and explore more of the shaitan's tactics. I don't want to, to rush it because I want us to think about it. But we now are beginning to imagine the scope of the problem that we are facing. Our approach can't be that, oh, well, that shaitan is, yeah, yeah, sure, he's going to whisper to me, but what, you know, I'll try to be on guard again. No, it's, it's you know, I'll say, a'udhu billahi min shaitan ar-rajim. That's not the end of it. That's a very important part of it. But a'udhu billahi min shaitan ar-rajim is the beginning of the fight, not the end of the fight. It's the beginning of the process, not that now I'm done because I said, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem. God protect me from the evil shaitan. Let me now think about how I am going to defend myself against him in this battle, seeking God's protection. And we ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala to accept from us that prayer. Allahumma ja'il Qur'ana shifa'an na sudurina wa rabi'a qulubina wa manba'a imanina wa zakatan linufusina wa jala'a hammina wa nura quburina wa shafa'atan lana yawma hisabina wa barakatan lana wa li awladina. Allah, please make the Qur'an a healing for what is in our hearts and a spring forth of our faith and a purification for ourselves 
and a way of easing away our cares and the light of our grave and an intercession for us on the day we stand before you and a blessing for ourselves and our children. Inshallah, Rabbil Alameen, Aqam as-Salah.